Welcome to the Disrupt Education Podcast 2024. That makes me oh. feel old, Allie. Mm. How you doing? <laughs> I don't know if it makes me feel old. It, it I, ah, I like up. the first time. <laughs> You're the youngest I'm, one in the room right now. True, but I'm not like, you know, 22. True. Um, All right. 28. <laughs> <laughs> Close. Uh New Year's, like, I've never been, like, a big resolution person, um, but mostly because it's, like, I can, I think it's important to to kind of refresh at different times of the year, but there is this, like, kind of sense of wonder, and I, I mean, maybe someone won't, not everyone will agree with me, but the cold, dark January is a really good time to, like, imagine and, you know, students usually make tons of gains in this time because there's nothing else to do or there's not as much to do yeah. <laughs> so it's a good time to be like academically focused or career focused or kind of like just kind of renew and refresh so yeah um we're excited to yeah. open up the podcast with some new energy and new direction and i'm very excited for this episode um, it's not someone I've previously met, but has been on the podcast before. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, Don, welcome yeah. to the Disrupt Education Podcast. Hello. <laughs> We're coming out firing. Uh, Don Wetrick is with us. Uh, um, I don't know when we met, maybe a year and a half ago. It's been more than ago. that. I, I don't know. It's been more than that. Yeah. Uh, the CEO and founder of uh, Start Ed Up. Um, and the Started Up Foundation. You're an author, you're a speaker. Um, you know, I didn't realize you wrote the, the book about 20%, maximizing 20%. Uh, but uh, that was a really kind of okay-ish intro, man. Can you, uh, is, is that, are we on on par there for your intro? I, I actually hate intros um, <laughs> because I don't know. I don't like talking about what we had done. I'm really excited about what we're starting and all that good yeah. stuff. So yeah, that's plenty for me. Yeah, well, I'm gonna. I have to add the 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 Gary V of education, the true Gary V of education. <laughs> Just gotta add that, you know, so I can Thank tag you. Gary V on here again. I'll know, take I'll take that. Interestingly <laughs> enough, that's how I discovered who he was. Mm -hmm. Is that I had, and and this was early. This is like eight or so years ago. People were like, "You're like Gary V," and I was like, "Who is that?" And then <laughs> I was like, I watched some of his stuff, and I was both flattered and like, I don't. I don't cuss that much, right? <laughs> you know, drop that many F-bombs. Right. I try um, not to. Why? So, yeah. Okay. We got 2024 ahead of us. Uh, closed out uh, 2023. Uh, since we last talked, you, um, you know, we'll, we'll stick on that going forward piece. Um, you've changed kind of your role uh, a little bit more um, and actually have traveled a lot more and opened up a lot more. Uh, opportunities for for everybody in education uh, for that matter um maybe give some quick highlights uh that you've done and and uh, just just some quick highlights in the past year where you're going in 2024 yeah uh so run innovate within which um at the time is innovate like indiana's innovation entrepreneurship program and competition and um, actually, before that, was a classroom teacher had a really strange class called Innovation and Open Source Learning. We basically like took the twenty percent time model, but made it a class and made it its own thing. Um, and standing on the shoulders of student giants, the students did things like really cool things. Get some patents. We had some businesses launched. 
And it really didn't start off as an entrepreneurial venture until it became one because we're like, this is a really cool idea. And it's a cool idea for more than for more than my classroom. And so uh, flash forward to we started this thing, uh, the pitch competition for Indiana, and it then grew and scaled to be the, the biggest in the country. And we're proud of that. Therefore, to answer your question, mm-hmm. um, we've been asked by a couple of other states and then and then more interestingly, other countries, strange. I, I don't mean strange. Countries I wasn't really considering. They weren't on my bingo card of, um, hey, we need to start thinking, we need our students to start thinking this way because we have some opportunities coming up. And if we don't act on them, all the entrepreneurship is going to be stolen from the West. Uh, So, uh, yeah, we, you know, uh, one of our things that we did, we have an alumni association. So we had this really unique opportunity to go out to to Italy um, and work with the Italian Motor Valley companies. The Italian Motor Valley companies are all car companies in N and I. Uh, so Lamborghini, Ferrari, Pagani, Maserati, Ducati. Again, everything ends in I. Um, and then uh, also that. And then it just kind of opened up to other relationships. And um, what I still thought was Czech Republic was called Czechia, um, Romania. Um, yeah, just things, uh, Moldova, uh, strange kind of occurrences and um so we yeah the, and we also got this really cool relationship with this thing called uh global entrepreneurship network and uh trying to 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 get some things going there but at, at the end of the day um we don't really like to talk about entrepreneurship first we like to say we first want to get students to see a problem as an opportunity hmm. which is entrepreneurship sure. like entrepreneurs just listen to people complain and go Okay, I'm on to something and uh, <laughs> trying to get more of that mindset and education as a baby step. And then if you want to start leveling up, um, getting kids uh, resources and mentors and opportunities to to do that. I don't know that I've heard that, that entrepreneurship described as like just getting people to see a problem as an opportunity. And so I really like that phrase one. Um, but it, it leads me to kind of like my first question around what your maybe role is or how you kind of help people get there is I think sometimes it's it's easier to to identify problems versus solutions or opportunities and that's across the board you know worldwide so if you can solve a problem you can make a lot of money um but in terms of education what do you see or what have you seen with people getting wrong with entrepreneurship and innovation that they first start off by calling it entrepreneurship a lot of kids right now, uh, I'm not going to go down my uh, rabbit hole of what they think is wrong about capitalism, but uh, capitalism and entrepreneurship isn't on the high priority list for Zs, right? Um, and yet, and this is my this is my gateway into their world. Uh, a lot of times I'll, I'll go into, by the way, I love my new role now. I miss the classroom, but I, I've, I've transitioned to like a grandparent role. I get to play with the kids. I just don't have to put them to sleep. Um, <laughs> so I get to go to a lot of classrooms all over and they don't have to grade anything, um, which is awesome. But um, my 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 intro is a lot of times I'm like, hey, who's your favorite entrepreneur? And so they they give me the, the classics, right? Elon, uh, Elon uh, Jeff, um, you know, these, the common people. I said, man, I think my... My favorite entrepreneur right now is is Mr. Beast. And they go, and they they are like, yeah, I guess he is an entrepreneur. And so that opens up their mind because 
one, he's the kind of guy. So like some of the entrepreneurs that people don't like is that they made it all about themselves. Um, and so I go, okay. I said, like, I think that entrepreneurs solve problems. And I go, question, what problem is Mr. B solving? For those of you that don't know, Mr. Beast got started off. He was a Twitch streamer, among other things. He streamed. He would do dumb challenges. He would raise some money. Then he'd give his money away. He's done a lot now. And he's gotten such a huge audience. And now he's giving away a massive amount of things. He's drilling for water. He's getting people free surgery for glaucoma. He's doing thousands of things. But I said, what problem is he solving? And some of the students were like, well, he's helping end blindness. Or he's helping people get water. And I said, dig deeper. And then finally, this kid answered, I, I could have like, I wish I would have had a gift card. He said, um, actually, he's solving the problems that influencers are assholes. Mm, nice. And I'm like, say it again. <laughs> he said, well, my parents don't like some of the influencers that a lot of people my generation likes. He is the exact opposite of anybody with the last name of Paul, Jenner, or Kardashian. Wow. And I was like, you win, kid, because that's exactly it. He is solving the problem of narcissistic influencers. Mm -hmm. Jimmy's not an, a good looking guy. He's just a guy. He's a cool guy. And so he is monetized nice. Mm. And so that I think that education could take a, a, a page right out of uh, Jimmy's book is that um, he now literally picks genres of who he wants to help. Um, and he builds support around it. And so kids are like, well, all the money he makes, he gives away. Wrong. No. Like I have a couple of Mr. Beast hoodies because I like, I, I like, I like what he does. So I want to support him. So when the kids realize that you can look at opportunities, whether that's in your school, in your town, on your commute back home, you're <laughs> going to see some problems of like, man, somebody ought to do something about it. Somebody is you. And you could build a team and you could do something about it. Mm -hmm. And then this is my, this is my little sound bitey thing that I'm telling students a lot. Actually, I, I should get it trademarked. Um, and this one hurts. This was when the kids go, Ooh, so this is one that's going to resonate with your students. I promise you. I said, successful people right now are always uploading the rest of you scroll. Mm -hmm. And they go, <laughs> you got me. <laughs> Successful people are uploading the rest of a scroll. So one of the things that I've, I've liked always, uh, uh, in, in, you know, and apologies, Ali, we, we've just met, but like one of the things I've always liked about Pete is that Peter is making sure that he is constantly uploading stuff. He is talking about what he's doing in the classroom. That's winning. It's getting other people to see that. And so when I tell the students, I'm like, you don't have to be an influencer by uploading. What are you uploading? What are you working on? How are you inspiring others? How are you getting support? I think if education took a deeper look at that, of just seeing problems and opportunities and letting the kids have some time in the day to go like, what do you want to fix? No, I, I really like that. And thank you. I'm humbled. Um, Cause some days, man, you know, when you're, when you're creating um, it, it gets, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's not easy to constantly put content out there. And I think it was funny cause you and I kind of reconnected around TikTok. I tried to avoid TikTok like the plague. And then I was like, and then when, what some of my kids were, hey, um, Mr. H, you know, there's a lot of people who listen to podcasts on TikTok. So why don't you? And that's all I needed. So they they took the opportunity for that. Um, so that, yeah. that was kind of funny. I, I did not expect you to be like, oh, my gosh, I saw your stuff on TikTok. I'm like, is this 
does I was Don so have like a grandchild? I don't. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like again, like Pete, we we've had a very similar journey in the sense that, well, actually, the first time I, I did this thing with Microsoft, and there's this guy that said, "I can't believe that I haven't seen you or your class on Twitter." I'm like, "Oh God, I'm I'm not that kind of guy." Like, why would I be that narcissistic? He goes, like, dude, other teachers can see it and see what your students are doing and maybe borrow something. And I'm mm-hmm. like, huh. So, yeah, I was really excited to see you had clips and, and things out there because, you know, not going off on a tangent, but, like, the amount of things we complain about in education, the people that mm-hmm. aren't in education complain about what we're not doing in education. You're like, all right, so the people that are doing cool stuff you almost have borderline a moral obligation to say, all right, this is what I'm doing then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think it's important that more educators shine a light on the cool stuff they're doing. Now there's a downside to that. And there's, you know, some other people in your building are like, oh, you're just showing off. And you're like, yeah, kind of showing <laughs> off best practice. That's kind of my job I'm supposed to. But anyway, that's for another episode. Yeah, or yeah. No, I, I really like that because um, it, it is true. Um, I, you know, look, man, I've been in the classroom for 22 years and working with, I mean, now I like how you call them disease, man, because, you know, sometimes, you know, they're sleeping on things. I'm like, wake up, man. So, <laughs> but, you know, through the generations uh, of, of teaching, not only, um, you know, I've, I've taught Gen Xers, I've taught millennials and, and now Zs. Um, but it's it's so interesting to keep up and to try to see what are, what do they see and empathize with them. Um, and so you say, you, you know, you get to be, you know, the the fun uncle going into classrooms and, and different uh, areas of, of the places where um, you've established or worked with people in, in your organization. Um, what what's what's what are you looking forward to this year and, and maybe some of the things that uh, they're they're going to start in 2024? Yeah, I think the stretch goal is uh, 5,000 students go through um, for the Indiana one. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just w- with each passing year, I'm like, no way. Um, the level of sophistication is getting so high. Uh, I think one thing we pride ourselves with our our, our comp is that actually when when I was first asked to do that, I, I, I and I'm not trying to be snarky or mean, but I'll, I'll see other youth shark tanks and they say something very aspirational, like, I want to end world hunger by an app that I don't know how to write. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, through our process, we are so methodical and start with an MVP of something that we have had. I'm just with each year, I'm like, well, this will be our high water mark. It's never going to get better than that team. Or like, okay, now that it's never going to be better than that one. It's gotten insane. Now, the downside of that thing that I'm afraid of is that um, we've had some schools that have gotten like scared off or intimidated. They're like, we can't win. I'm like, but your football team still plays knowing that they're not going to be in the championship. Like I, 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 and that's also one of the things that we're so determined on getting so many incentives by just going through it. We have a lot of universities are sponsoring this even for round one, there's scholarships involved. Um, So that's the, that's the good and the bad. So I'm looking forward to like even more increased. You've got to be kidding me. You need to get a patent on that kind of thing. And the, just the kids who are like, they just now got this big idea. It's not as sophisticated, but they're at least in that process of going, all right. Matter of fact, a, a quick story tell. One mm-hmm. of my favorite things that happened, we got a video. So round one, we have like, we have so many, we have to have a video submission to mm-hmm. to, to get to the next round. And so I had this kid, um, very poor school. And, um, but you could tell he went through the curriculum 
And in his video submission, he had this a thousand yard stare because he had, he goes, so I've been listening to people complain and I think that I'm onto something. I didn't care what the rest of the pitch was. Yeah. He had that. I've been listening to people complain. And I think that I'm onto something about cried listening to that. So getting those students to get that first taste of, I can do something about that. It was, is, is my favorite part. Yeah. What would you say is like the biggest problem you solve with start at up? Um, I, I'm not going to try to embellish, although I had this conversation again, we decided ironically enough just today, we had a, a an event with the, the Indiana Pacers and, and the kids like the, the highly end stuff. But some of the kids were today were talking like, this is great mental health. Mm. Uh, uh, see a problem as an opportunity means you have ownership. It means like, okay, you're allowed to not like things in the world. What are you going to do? My proudest moments are the students that take command of something and go, this is my solution. Whether that is, we've had some things that are so practical. We had one student that or actually two girls that said, hey, no offense. We found out where the older people live. Um, we talk to them every October, November, they don't want to get on the roofs and get out leaves from their gutter. We bought two, um, we charge $85 an hour. You're like, like, that wasn't going to win, but you're like, they listen to older people complain and like, and so they had flyers of what an ER visit would cost and how much cheaper they are. Wow. And then they said, some people said no, because they weren't insured and so they they got some clients that said yes, they made some money, then they got insurance. Mm -hmm. So their costs were we printed up flyers and only put them in the mailboxes where the older people lived. Um, and then you have something where um one of my favorite ideas, uh, there was two girls that basically surveyed um middle eighth grade girls. So they had an event that um their driving force was Instagram causes girls depression and anxiety. And so the event that they did is they basically had a licensed therapist to go and do an event for free. Why? Because it was future leads for him. And that basically they had the girls talk about their emotions, their feelings as they were looking at their girls in, online. And so instead of like just face-to-face -face looking at each other, they had them do crafts. And so what they were really doing is they were making things that they could sell at a boutique. And so they netted thousands of dollars because the parents were, so they charged $25. They had 25 girls as an MVP. The parents were like, when are we going to do this again? And of course, the licensed therapist is like, thank you. I got a couple of sales leads. And quite frankly, it was just wholesome and nice. Their driving thing was Instagram causes problems and they rounded up some, like, I, it's stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Like that, they didn't have to create an app. They didn't have to petition the government. They're like, we're going to do an event. We put some flyers in the middle school and it sold out like that. Yeah. That kind of stuff. That's my favorite stuff. <laughs> it's, yeah. And, you know, I, I get to to teach. Um, we call it entrepreneurship. Don't hate. Um, but but like I get to teach students that it's very difficult to do that in a box uh, mm -hmm. sometimes in the in the system. Um, you know, I, I'll tell, share a quick story as well. And it kind of goes along with those two young ladies. Um, it's uh, a couple of. Um, one of the girls is in my class and another girl is not in the class, but they're going through college applications and the process is hell. I mean, it's hard. It's it's nerve wracking. People don't understand it. They She created a podcast. 
And she was just like, I'm going to create a podcast and we're going to go do this. And of course, you know, she's trying to do everything else. So she's learning time management and all these different things in it. And I'm like, yeah, just log your journey. And then like, guess what? I'll bet there's a couple of colleges and universities that want to sponsor this bad boy, you know, and, and there they go. Um, they, they see it. Um, but then you get the struggles of some kids who can't like they, again, how, how, what are your methods or some of the people that that have been in the program's methods of helping students see, first off, that they can do this, right? I like how you said, hey, you know what, you can look at the world with with a pessimistic eye. That's okay, you know, because there's an opportunity. Um, building the confidence, because I get kids who are like, bam, they, they have the confidence they're going to go. And then I get kids who are just like, they just don't have the confidence yet. How do you, how do you, how have you seen confidence like built to get those kids who maybe you're just mindlessly scrolling and not going to make a move? Yeah, I, I'd say, I mean, first of all, like at scale, um, that's the harder thing. Cause I mean, like individual success stories, we've got thousands of them at scale. I think one of the, the keys um, is having them reach out. So we call it our macro and micro environments. So our macro environments is Indianapolis, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Identify some some key companies or entities or nonprofits or churches you'd want to work with. And your micro network is, do you already know somebody? Is it Steve in accounting who lives two doors down? Or get on LinkedIn and see, is there anybody you're kind of connected with in that area? Because as as, as us teachers know, if we're giving them advice like, oh, Mr. Wetrick, you're nice. You're supposed to say that. But when somebody at like Salesforce or Roche or Eli Lilly is like, kid, you're onto something. Then, you know, it's kind of like being a parent, right? You know, you know, your mom and dad tell you that stuff. So I think finding great mentors is great. And, and, and even like I'm trying to tell students, they have such an advantage over people that are adults because successful people want to believe in the next generation. And so if they reach out and like, hey, I'm working on this thing, would you spend 15 minutes? There's a higher likelihood that they're going to say yes. So I think that's been a validator that it lives and breathes outside my classroom and more than, you know, Mr. H or Mr. Wetrick validating it um, helps. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and quite frankly, I, I think one of our other driving principles was I detested it when people were like, well, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I'm like, okay, then what's the answer? No people. <laughs> Like, is this that easy? You're like, well, it's not that easy. I'm like, yes, it is. I like, ironically enough, um, I had them read a chapter from four hour work week and Tim Ferriss had visited this class and he had threw up this, you know, money challenge of who would get their person they wanted to work with, get back to him. And he says in the chat, he's like, they didn't try. And I'm like, then try, you know, like it's not hard. And, and then even getting them to uh, have the power of I've got this weird time in class where we're supposed to reach out to people. They may say yes. Um, one of the sneakiest things I ever did, I had a student that would ask people, and I'm not like random people, but like trusted people. He asked them to be on his board of advisors of life. Hmm. And he had different avenues and it was a 10 year commitment and you signed a thing. <laughs> so he had spirituality. He had life lessons. He had parenting. Like, And I was like, that's cool. Yeah. I would like for you to be on my board of advisors of life. Anyway, 
right? I, I love stuff like that. That is a big validator and, and, and getting to build that network of like successful people. I'm so excited that you're opening up 2024 for the podcast. And because I, when I think about disrupt education is trying to highlight people, companies, um, programs, in schools that are are truly disruptive in the sense I, I see the work that you're doing and you're really trying to target a generation, but along with that comes communities and parents and teachers and school districts. And now apparently countries in Eastern Europe, right? <laughs> <laughs> but that speaks to it resonating with um, people. Sometimes though, like I think, students, you kind of alluded to this in some of your answers, they can be overwhelmed at the level that you're at. Teachers listening to this could be, you know, feeling like, oh my gosh, like Dawn is just so far gone. And and people, it's so easy to compare someone's like, you know, your level one to their level 20, and it can be challenging, right? Like, and you're saying, oh, you know, we're getting to the point with our youth shark tank where it can kind of intimidate students. What would you say to people who are feeling the pull to disrupt or innovate um, in, in like encourage them for 2024? I love this question. And <laughs> Allie, I'm going to start with where you're at. So Pete's in the Chicago area. People expect cool things out of that area. You're in rural Wisconsin. Well, I, I was from Indiana, right? Sometimes the what you think is a disadvantage is your advantage. And and I'd also and I, I'm not just like shamelessly pandering to you too, but also like share your journey. You know, when I tell the students like winner winners upload the recipe scroll. I, if you're trying to do really cool things, showcase what your students are doing. Like they're like they like it as a validator. Like hey, you're never gonna now mind you. You're, uh, you're playing favorites, or you didn't f- mention all the kids. Hey man, winners winners get the accolades. And so if if you're sharing some of the amazing things that your kids are doing and you didn't feature everybody, it's because you didn't do anything good. Like, <laughs> I, like, I love you and you got your C, but like I feature that because that's game breaking. That creates this environment and this culture in your classroom that like, and parents love that. Like you featured my daughter's idea or what we're working on, or even if it's a class project that is trying to make a dent in your community, a church or whatever, you just share it, man. Because even like, because like, you're right, Allie. I, I had a couple people. They're like, "Well, I couldn't do that because I don't have friends like." And they named some people. We've done something. I, I didn't. I started off with no one. We just happened to have our students reach out and say, "Y'all are cool. Could you help?" So anybody, and I think that it's an advantage. Of like, hi, we're in the middle of Wisconsin, and we're gonna do this. And I think people are like, "That's freaking cool, man." So and 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 then quite frankly, like if you're listening to this and you're not an educator. Same thing, like upload your journey and see where it lands. And also don't be mad if no one responds at first. <laughs> You'll get there. If if the results are there, you're going to get noticed. I love that with students. They're like, uh, yeah, I reached out. How many times? Once. And they didn't respond. I'm like, well, take a look at your own email. There's so, like 4,000 yeah, oh. emails in there you haven't even opened. <laughs> mm. There's also kind of a, a, a trick. I'm not going to say which pro athlete it was because I don't want to bother this person, but 
where it's asking a kid, who would you want to reach out to? And he said this fairly famous athlete. And I said, why do you want to talk to him? He goes, oh, I just understand what it took, like what kind of training it would take to get to his level. And I said, then do you need to really ask him or do you need to ask his trainer? Mm. The person that he wanted to talk to really wasn't him. And by the way, this person has so many millions of fans online. He's not going to see your request. Mm -hmm. You research who his trainer is. You know how many... You know how many requests his trainer gets? Yeah. <laughs> and the great the likelihood of I'm not gonna say his name, the greater likelihood of that trainer saying it to the famous NBA player, you gotta meet this kid, is at least better than zero. 100%. So even that of like doing some research, uh, I want to talk to Peyton Manning because he overcame a neck injury. Call his neck surgeon. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> Much likely good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's probably getting like a lot of clients, but he's not getting high school kids. You know, I need to interview you. Right. But think, how, think how cool that is. I mean, <laughs> Allie, if all of a sudden, a if, a if a student reached out to you and like, hey, I've been researching totally kick butt teachers and it seems like I've done some digging into you and you're totally awesome. Can I talk to you automatically? Like, well, I am pretty good. I mean, and yes, <laughs> the answer is going to be yes. So I. <laughs> Reach out to those people, man. Yeah, 100%. So um, you've scaled, obviously, outside of Indiana. Um, what would you What would you like to see? Um, you've worked primarily with high school students, or do you go younger? Starting to go younger. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, wanted to, I wanted to focus my question around, like, high schoolers um, and, and high school in general, right? I, I think the cliff is happening. Um, you're getting a lot of... A lot of kids with uh, um, chronic absenteeism is huge, but not, not a lot of people are talking about this, but it's out there, right? But again, let's look at this as an opportunity, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we have more double digits kids in our school that that just don't show up. They're not necessarily not doing the work, though, which is interesting um, because of a lot of stuff online now. And, you know, I can I can talk to a kid through, you know, technology or whatnot. Um what would you like to see the biggest thing happen in a high school system? I know it's no, like, like Indiana and Illinois are very different, but like across the nation, like what would you like to see as one major thing happen in 2024 um, to kind of, kind of scale out to that maybe high schoolers, uh, maybe a federal education or even States uh, uh, boards of education would kind of realize and, maybe start looking at this to do in high school. Yeah. I mean, so um, like I said this earlier and this goes even more. So it depends on whether you want it to be at scale for all or to run some trials and, and, and trial some things and let the, let it grow. Like I remember like the genius hour movement, it started really well. And instead of the principal saying y'all are going to do genius hour, she aligned a second, third, fourth, and fifth grade teacher to do it just within their grade. And then the other teachers that didn't want to do it after a couple of years were like, that's cool. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to answer it in a small scale way and possibly look at it at, at an all at a, at a bigger level. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I'll answer this. So I was at, um, for, I, for better or for worse, I, I, I deal with a lot of um, policy and, and politics stuff now. And so there was this, um, 
tech hubs uh, initiative. And they're talking about um, building these more centers of innovation and more opportunities for collaboration, and all this other stuff. And, and um, I said, during that meeting, I said, I just want you all to know. And by the way, I was the only educator there. And I said, I just want you all to know that there is a solution center. There is a innovation center. Um, there is a co-working space in every town in America and it's already been paid for. You don't need to have any more bricks or mortar. It's called your local high school. I said, if you had at least one class to work with your local mayor on real issues in that town and you harness that talent, you would get so much stuff done. The city doesn't need to pay a branding expert ever again. <laughs> the city doesn't need to call for proposals from people charging a lot of money on the stuff, the talent that your high school has right now. And I had people go, oh. <laughs> like, it's already been paid for, kids. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, that starts off if you had a class, like what you guys have, mm -hmm. whether you called it innovation, entrepreneurship, whether you called it civic learning, sometimes we call it a senior capstone. But if you took that for real, for real, um, you're onto something. And I'll say this, the one thing that we've done, uh, so we have a tripod of things within our system. I have a teacher fellowship where we find about 35 to 40 teachers like you guys, we put them in this innovation consortium. I, I I bring in money to pay teachers more, but there is a hotline between you and your mayor. Because mm. I, I like, we have discovered, we have the data to back it up. Great teachers have more to do with economic development than anybody ever guessed. Mm -hmm. And not in a, they got a great grade and they got to go to a decent college. I'm talking like, dude, some of these students at least MVP things from Pete's class. And then he went to here. When you start looking at the longitudinal data, you're like, holy dude. So that mayor should be worshiping what you guys do. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't even know you exist yeah, because they're busy. They're in politics. And that's why we started this teacher fellowship. So we find 35, 40 different teachers every year. The ones that are really killing it, we have them come back as mentors. And those are the ones that are leading some of these international trips. So we're celebritizing, celebritizing great teachers to where at least at a local politic level, you're like, you better not lose Pete. You better not lose Allie. Because if you do, your town is going to suffer. And they're like, okay. And then the other part of this is this alumni association that if they've done something, I like we're like the state wants to use them as ambassadors. I shouldn't say use them. They want to harness them as ambassadors. Mm -hmm. So if to answer your question in a shorter way, see the high school as the solution center for your town. Yes. It's been paid for, man. Now, mind you, here's the difference. And I'm quoting my favorite one of my favorite author, Seth Godin. All education can be boiled down to two things, solving interesting problems and the leadership to get it done. Yeah. So if the kids treat it like a class exercise and it's crap product, then it dies. Mm -hmm. But if you give them the social pressure, if your mayor goes in there like, seriously, we're going to do this. We've got $3 million budget and y'all better figure it out. Your kids are going to ride to the occasion. Yep. Allie I mean, didn't know what she was for, Pete. Sorry. You no. should have given her a disclaimer. I go off the rails. Sorry. I love, I love it. No, this, this is 2024, man. This is how we started. <laughs> Let's go. We like this. We like we like the Gary V of education, <laughs> a.k.a. Don Wetrick, <laughs> opening up 2024. Oh, Spicy. Yeah. I mean, it's Gary good. V is really the Don Wetrick of marketing. Uh, Let's be honest. <laughs> Gary, Gary's in Gary. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> 
confirms a lot of the the 2023 guests that we ended up talking to. And so many of them were people who either help local communities invest in their local community, or they are like hands on the ground, boots on the ground in their local communities doing that grassroots mm-hmm. building up. And we've definitely mentioned the power of um, you know, seeing a local problem and solving that. And so to for you to have built and continue to build networks around that area is super affirming. And I know our listeners are gonna love hearing this from you as we open up um this year yeah. with this episode. Yeah. Well, look for those opportunities, man. You know, I, I think that's the other thing that we started off a lot of school years with is that, by the way, this is also a funny joke that I get to tell. I, I asked kids, I said, I said, I've, I've stopped asking kids what they love or what they're passionate about because no one wants to take that risk. Mm-hmm. But they always tell you what they hate. Because yeah. I said, I go, for example, does anybody really, really want to tell me what their favorite band is? And I said, no one does, but everybody dogs on Nickelback. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> hilarity ensues. But I'm like, it's true. It's a, an emotional risk to tell you what you're passionate about. You're like, fine. What makes like, what wrong do you see? What really makes you mad? Even if it's like, start with this room or the school. Well, the school lunch or blah 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 or passing periods. Uh, they get into that flow. You're like, all right, simple. Do that. You know, t- today we were uh, because we were at the Pacers Fieldhouse thing. A couple of things we asked them to quick, like, just give us some, like, what is an improvement on, or how would you disrupt this industry? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden we took something so mundane that all of a sudden they're like, actually, this is a good idea. Within those constraints, they got creative as heck. Mm-hmm. And those kind of warm up exercise again, I get it again, Pete, I'm going off the rails. <laughs> questions. No, but uh, you know, it's, it's possible. Um, that's, I think, one of one of the things that that we want to take away from this podcast is it 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 is possible, and even for educators out there, um, you know, every every I mean, we crab a lot as educators. I, I'll even tell you, right? Like, we'll we'll there'll be days where you're just like, and for God's sake, I don't even go in the lunchroom for crying out loud. But if you go in the lunchroom, I mean, you could. But that's all like it's an opportunity. And I think this is perfect to start off a year for those who like go out and this is my new year's resolution or whatever, um, you know, in education, whether you're in a school or around kids or, or even learning a lifelong learner, I think we all are ourselves. There's like so much opportunity. If we just flip that switch, like you're saying, Don is like, okay, there's a problem. Let's come up with a couple of solutions and play, you know, and that that to me is so refreshing. I, I think that um, so many of our listeners and educators can really kind of take that and run with it in uh, 2024. Um, before we ask you for your uh, um, information and how people connect with you, I always got to ask Allie, OK, this is your final thoughts on the first episode of 24. Um, what, what are you taking away? I know you got a lot of writing there. <laughs> I know it's so much. I was like, there's so many notes here. Um, I think the the piece that kind of hit me the most, um, and it's not something that I've heard shared on the podcast, is don't talk to the person you idolize. Find their trainer, find their surgeon, <laughs> right. find find the people that are supporting them because mm-hmm. 
they probably have more time resources. And so it's like, it kind of goes to this idea, like, right, don't go to the mayor, but go to like the project managers or, yeah, you know, like, uh, or like the principal's probably bogged down, but the assistant principals might have more time or openness to hear your project or, you know, just get creative with who you talk to or try and work with and like recognize capacity. So, right, if you're trying to do something and you're getting no's, you just haven't met the right person or like the right way to pitch it to get it the get the capacity built for it. So I think there's just opportunity there that we haven't necessarily heard that perspective on the podcast. So thank you, Don, for sharing that. I got about 2000 ideas right now that just came to me. <laughs> so um, Don, thank you so much again for taking time out. How can people connect with you and the organization, man? I really, I probably live more on LinkedIn than anything else. I, I, some of the other social media apps are just, I don't like politics anymore. So uh, LinkedIn, Don Wetrick, uh, startedupfoundation.org is our nonprofit side. Um, you know, we're, we're meeting with some other governors. And so if you're at a state that we're considering, let us know. Um, and then lastly, I, 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 I want to say this, um, if you're a teacher listening to this, and, and I, 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 I'll start with, with both of you, Allie and Pete, um, let your students know the opportunity they have and the regret that they may have. I had some students that saw where this was going and they were shamelessly asking for introductions. And some of the students that didn't, that, that coasted because it didn't seem like a hard class, they have regret. Hmm. The opportunities you guys have in front of you, and if you're a teacher, that you're creating this kind of culture, Play this for them. Let me know. I'll happily call into your classroom. Same thing, Allie and Pete. I'd happily tell your students, you can take advantage of the most precious thing you have right now, which is time and the resources and the introductions that you guys can provide. Or you may look at this five years from now and go, why didn't I take advantage of that? Mm -hmm. I, I, when I said earlier, we had no idea how much economic impact and how much great teachers beyond the classroom, how much they drove economic impact. I salute the people that are doing things that they're not doing this for the sake of school. They're doing this because it's great. And so um, I miss the classroom. I, um, yeah, I've got some guilt issues that uh, <laughs> that I left right before COVID and I didn't know COVID was gonna be a thing, but no. um, my, my, my deepest, care in the world and, and and yeah if you're an educator listening to this man let us know how we can help i salute you and let your students know that the things that you're providing are going to be game-changing if they want it to be 100 um again thank you don for hanging out with us today uh we'll put all your connects up in the uh show notes uh here we go 2024 for ali privet i'm peter hostroster thank you all for hanging out with us it's going to be a great year Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Disrupt Education Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Are you ready to disrupt the educational arena you're a part of? For more ways to get involved in the work we do here at Disrupt Education, check us out at disrupteducation.co or find us on LinkedIn at Peter Hostrosser or Ali Privet. Our mission here is to help facilitate and amplify changes in the educational system through local initiatives and help you scale them into community movements. Our building network of disruptors in education are working to move beyond scores and grades 
as the only measure for student learning. If your school district, college, campus, or organization is looking for facilitators of this work, reach out on our website or social media. And if you have any thoughts or feedback on this week's episode or any episode, we'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep pushing the boundaries, taking risks, and most importantly, disrupting education.